Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, it's 9 a.m., and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host. He's back. It's Rick Pruce in the house. Welcome back, Rick. Nice to see you, Lee. Nice to be back with the public. Uh, nice to be here. Nice to be here with Dr. Schultz. Thank you. Well, uh, filling in for you very ably has been Dr. Will Schultz, and he is back with us again today because, Rick, I'm sorry to say with you gone, uh, this show needed some definite <laughs> intelligence. Somebody to added, carry you, Lee? Oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody to carry you? Well, I'm, uh, I I'm, guess. I'm sure you would have done fine, but uh, well, well, thank you very much, Dr. Schultz, for yeah. stepping in in there and uh, being part of the show. Yeah, nice really, to have you back. Well, you, you really add a color to it that uh, uh, can't be matched. My and, wife uh, always says I have a lot of color, too. I don't think right. she means it the way you meant it. Well, <laughs> well, it has made a difference, and we appreciate it. And, Rick, we're going to cover a topic that we've covered a lot, but I swear it's just it feels so weird at this time of year because forever the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show was in February. Mm-hmm. It was right around Valentine's Day, and it was as predictable as anything there was, but because of COVID changing everything, now the event is in June. So we're going to talk with first... No, not June. Or May, May. Forgive me. It's last all right, got to keep you on track. No, last year it was in June. Right. This year it's in May. You're right. Uh, but we're going to talk this morning with the announcer from Westminster and works for Fox Sports. It's Gail miller Beicher. And we've also got on the show a judge from Ann Arbor that... Boy, she has done a lot, and when we talk to Peggy, you'll get a good feel for what it's like to judge a dog show. But, Dr. Schultz, you've got to love this topic because you're probably one of the only people in the world besides David Fry that we talked to last week who actually knows any of these breeds (laughs) and knows what they look like and what they're supposed to do. Yeah, well, we were really lucky in our practice. I got into doing reproduction. So we would ship semen around the world. Uh, We would see all these rare breeds in the practice. And even because of that, I still can't pronounce half of them. Uh, So some of them are interesting, but it's really fun uh, for the people that have never been to a dog show. If you've never been, watch it on TV. Uh, We have good local shows in this area. There's one at Michigan State every year. Mm -hmm. And um, the the entrance is usually free for most of these. And it's a huge thing to see. You never realized how many – actually, the comparison to me is going into Rick's store and going by (laughs) the aquariums. And I used to have aquariums. And I still look at all those fish and go like, what – where did what, what is, is this? That? Yeah, you, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. and there are that many dogs yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Uh, years ago, I know one of the new breeds was a, a puffin. Was it a puffin terrier, or you know, is a it was a breed that was specifically bred to climb the rocks to, to climb get, the rocks. We, is that yeah. one that you ever witnessed in your practice? We, we'd had several in the practice that we really? bred. They have a very small gene pool, and in some of those, it's very difficult to get them pregnant because they don't have they can't outcross. And so as you do inbreeding, you will end up with problems. But yeah. they have – their feet are different from other dogs to climb rocks. Yeah. So, so as people see different dogs, they're all different specialized. But they're a cute little breed. And um, they have definitely climbed the seashore rocks to get at the puffins. What's the most peculiar breed that you've worked with in your 
um, the people. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> very good answer. <laughs> that's um, a, yeah, that's we, a very Rick answer you, for yeah, you. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, you get breeds that are friendly that want to come in and hug you, and you get breeds that come in that that might show a little much too much teeth. And so that's the one thing when you listen to all these dog shows when they announce the breeds, they'll announce that it's a little feisty. Well, a little feisty is an alarm. Um, maybe not good with children is another alarm. And a lot of people to get herding breeds don't realize that if your kids are out playing in the yard and there's three kids playing together and one runs away, that breed is going to go to either tackle the kid, knock the kid over, or push the kid back. But that's their job. Right. And it's amazing to see retrievers and some of these breeds. They're, they do what they were born to do. Well, the interesting thing about this show is that, Rick, for you, I can tell you, as someone who has a Great Dane and a Chihuahua, everything should fit right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of bookmarkers. Bookends. Bookends. So bottom line is you will see big dogs. You will see little dogs. You will see all dogs from all around the world. They're all champions. And there's over 3,000 thousand dogs going to this year's show which is just an astounding number and it should be great so that's what we're going to talk about this week on the mid-michigan pet expert talk show on 1320 like us on facebook go to facebook.com forward slash mm pets upload your pets picture or check out the silly pet photos that we put up there to get you through your day Welcome back to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, your number one source for information on taking care of your pets. Here are your hosts, Rick Proust and Lee Cohen. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, it's good to have you back and Dr. Schultz as well. Uh, I'm glad to introduce a returning guest who's on the line with us. Her name is Gail Miller-Beischer. And for people who don't know her, uh, if you watch the dog show, you will know her because she is the very pretty lady who's going to be on the screen talking about everything, talking about her experience as a previous handler, and basically keeping the show moving along. Welcome back to the show, Gail. Oh, thank you, Lee. It's great to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you back. Uh, Gail, my question for you first off is, uh, this show is back in New York. I'm thrilled to hear that. Uh, we're in a different location. I guess that's what happens when the basketball team actually makes the playoffs and you decide <laughs> to have your event in June. But help the audience understand, why isn't the event in February like it had previously been? Well, of course, you know, when the pandemic hit, everyone's world changed, and so did the dog show schedule. Um, you know, we're thrilled that we could continue our our show and still have it, but we did have to move it, uh, the date, to a, a warmer time of year just so that we could be outside. So generally, the dog show is indoors in Manhattan uh, and in February, which, uh, you know, it was a nice switch. I'm going to say it was a nice switch for a few years to be in June outside and on the grass, the beautiful grounds of Lyndhurst Estate in Carrytown, New York. But uh, this year, we're back in New York City, although it's in Queens and not Manhattan, it's still New York City, and we're excited to have the large crowd up back that can come and learn about all these different dog breeds. Are, are all of your rings going to be held outdoors this year? 
We have six rings outside and three inside for the dog show. But, of course, the nighttime group competitions, the agility finals, all of the evening competitions are indoors in the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Great. And I knew that before when it was in um, auditorium there, there wasn't much room for the handlers and the groomers. Do you have a lot more room in the new venue? Well, it's, uh, you know, this Arthur Ashe is definitely built for tennis. So like the seating is a little different than like the garden as far as um, the way that it, the, the level of it, you're more down on the on the floor, really. You actually have a right. better seat, a closer seat. So, um, so that's, that's actually to our advantage. I think rim size is basically the same as the garden would be. Um, but, of course, you know, that wasn't – it was pretty crowded at Madison Square Garden, too. So I think it's going to be pretty comparable here. Great. So you, how many years have you been doing this? So I've been at Westminster as an employee, full-time employee, for almost nine years. But I also did contract work with them before. But as far as showing dogs, I grew up in a dog show family. My parents bred bearded collies. And I showed in junior showmanship and showed in regular classes as well and um, grew up in, in the sport. And a lot of families are, are generation after generation in the sport because it's a family, it's a family thing. You all drive, drive together to the dog show. You can all show different dogs or you can help groom the dogs. And, you know, it's a great way for young people, especially, you know, junior handlers, to, to learn all those great things like responsibility and pet care and all of that and learn the, the right way to take, the responsible way to take care of a dog. That's excellent. And you, as you're growing up and doing this, do you go to classes to do this or do you just walk out in the ring with a dog and the judge tells you to go down and back and you do that? Well, that's a great question. It's, you know, the best way to start in uh, dog showing, at least, is to find a, an all-breed club nearby. And the AKC.org website has a great listing of all the AKC licensed clubs. And many of those clubs have classes. Or there are training, other training classes, obedience classes, if you want to do that as well. There are several uh, AKC um members, AKC members that are obedience clubs, or you can also go and try that. It's, you know what, the best thing to do is to go to a dog show. That's the best thing to do if you're interested in getting into showing dogs, because you can meet people that could become your mentors. You can meet people that can direct you into a reason might be right for you or not right for you. And so just going and seeing the dogs and talking to the people, the breeders, handlers, and owners, that's where you're going to learn so much about the sport and find the right path. Are, are, are there any like do's and don'ts <laughs> yeah, that one yeah. has? I'm I'm just imagining, uh, you know, there's been even a movie, you know, made about the, you know, nose up in the air that you would you would connotate with uh, some of the breeders and such. Uh, and and I would imagine that that's probably a bit of a misnomer. But more importantly, what would be important to know? when kind of entering into the ring, if you will, the social circles of dog breeders? Well, I think the most important thing is to ask questions and to also, as, as far as going to the show, make sure you're not asking the questions when the people are getting ready to compete because, you know, <laughs> any person who's about to compete, they're very uh, excited, anxious, you know. In the zone. Things. That's right. They're in their zone. They've probably traveled really far and spent a lot of money to get there and then spent hours prepping and grooming their dogs. So 
that's not the time to talk to them. Wait till they're done showing, and then you can approach and, and ask information. Another great resource, of course, is that every breed has a parent club, a national club. So, for example, the Bearded Collie Club of America would be a resource, and you can go to that website and find breeders in your area. If you know what breed you're sort of interested in, you can find somebody nearby that you could then uh, set up a meeting and or a visit and go and talk to them. So probably having your seven-year-old um, lose his gum in the dog's hair just before the show, <laughs> probably not a good idea. Probably that, not. You all, that's absolutely true. You keep the young ones away so they're not grabbing and touching, obviously. And, uh, you know, for everyone's safety. That's for everyone's safety. Dog, you know, you never know when if you approach your dog suddenly um, that could be startled. So it's always wise to keep an eye and a hand on your, your young one. And, um, and and then, of course, ask the owners, is it okay? Is your dog, is it okay to pet your dog down? Just, you know, common yeah. courtesy before touching. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, there's common courtesy when we're in a tennis match. There's common courtesy when we're in a golf golf outing, and there's common courtesy, and, and you have to read the audience, so to speak, in a in a dog show, you know, and depending on the dog show, something as 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 regal as this, one definitely would want to be on their best behavior. Yeah, yeah the, people are. That's right. You read the room. You said the right thing because you'll see that it's it's not as quiet as a golf tournament, probably. But yeah, there is some chit chat and people are talking, but people aren't loud and boisterous because you certainly don't want to distract the dogs. Right? right. This is their moment, well, and you don't you don't want to be a distraction. Well, in fairness, Rick Bruce is a happy Gilmore fan, so I can see where <laughs> that would come from. Uh, we're speaking this morning with Gail Miller Beischer from Fox Sports, as well as uh, the Westminster Kennel Club. And Gail, uh, let's go through the nuts and bolts of the event because. Uh, Today, I even understand, again, we're, we're Saturday, uh, I understand that there is, in addition to obedience, a dock diving awesome. event. Awesome. I, 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 it, I wish that would be televised so badly because I remember having a 40-foot dock and an Australian shepherd who would run full speed and leap with all four. And by the extended. way, he is leaping right now in the, in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's incredible. So tell Tell us about what's happening on what days. Sure. So Saturday, May 6th, we're kicking off Westminster Week with our Canine Celebration Day. And as you said, there's a lot of fun things. These are performance and and demonstration rings. And so it's really supposed to just, it's a Saturday, it's a weekend, so we want the family to come out and watch these things and, and see these awesome dogs. But, of course, that we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Masters Agility Championship, which is always fun to watch the dogs race the course. Uh, and then with the 8th Annual Masters Obedience Championship is also happening on Saturday. And so, of course, that's where everyone can't believe that these dogs are so well behaved off lead and, and do hand signals and all kinds of incredible um, exercises, as we call them. And then there is the dock diving at Westminster, which is new this year, as you said. And that's one of the things that the tennis centers allowed us to do is spread out and have a huge pool where dogs can run and jump into the water. This is a really fun event that is the dogs run on the dock. They chase after their favorite toy or some kind of dumbbell, you know, something that they love playing with. 
and the owner throws it into the water, and then the dogs just jump as far as they can. And it's really just whoever jumps the farthest wins type of thing. It's very basic, easy to understand, a lot of fun. The dogs love it. Of course, you have to kind of pull them away when it's not their turn because they, they just love participating. We also have a lot of demonstration rings that day. Uh, we have a herding demonstration happening, a Dog Show 101 presentation, the NYPD canine unit will be there demonstrating, and, and lots of other things, including a, a breed showcase where there are 20 breeds that people can come and, you know, there are different booths, basically, and you can just pet lots of Newfoundlands and pet lots of Louchin. And, and it's really fun, exciting, and, of course, educational. And I think what people also have to understand is that these shows are casual. You, it, you're not going to be herded around to do things. You can go wherever you want, and you pretty much have access to all of the handlers, all the people. And uh, we were at one of the dock diving competitions a few years ago with a Great Dane, and everybody's yelling and screaming for the Great Dane. The Great Dane made it three feet. And I, the, the deal was, is, and, and actually that was good for a Great Dane, where the other dog, I think the winning dog is a Labrador that made it 32 feet or something like that. So it was just, but the Dane would, you know, go to the water and go like, oh, it's, you know, it's water. Um, Danes don't like water. So you see uh, the myriad, and everybody in the crowd had shirts for this Great Dane on. And they it had a, a and so we were cheering with them. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a really fun thing to do for the whole weekend for everybody. I, I, I was going to ask, uh, with the venue and its location, what's that going to do to audience participation? Uh, is that going to drive it up? Is it is it going to be more difficult? Is there going to be more people interested? Is there going to be less people interested to kind of just come and spend the day? We're expecting, expecting a lot of spectators, especially on Saturday because it is a weekend, and uh, the USDA Tennis Center is located right next to City Field where the Mets, New York Mets play baseball, and so the mass transit to that location is incredible. You can come from Manhattan, you can come from Connecticut or northern New York, and uh, it's really easy to get to because of the Mets, because they've made it that way. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and so And so for mass transit, it's really, it's really quite easy. And so we expect the crowds will come and uh, because they're excited that it's back, right? New York. Right. It was very hard when we were in Terrytown. It's a beautiful setting. But it, where we were wasn't set up for, for large crowds. And also with COVID, we weren't allowing crowds. Uh, at right. that point. So, right. Right. so we're excited to have the New Yorkers back. Awesome. Now the actual show is going to be Monday, Tuesday. Is that correct? That's great. Correct. Monday, May 8th and Tuesday, May 9th will be the 147th annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show presented by Purina Pro Plan. And everything is streamed. So that's something else. Even the dock diving will be streamed from Saturday. So there you'll you go, be able Lee. to watch it. You can watch it. Well, right? then I'm going to watch it. So, <laughs> And it's going to be on F on Fox Sports 1. Is that correct? So the dog show itself, uh, the nighttime group judging on Monday will be on FS1 live telecast from 7 to 11. And then on Tuesday, it's again on FS1, and that's the pre-show, the group judging, and then followed by best in show. Great. Okay. And as far as this year's show, uh, what are the new breeds that we're going to have a chance to see? So there is a newly eligible breed competing this year, the Bracco Italiano. 
which is in the sporting group. Although if you first look at it, you might think, is it in the how group or in the sporting group? You may not be sure because it has a longer ear and it has uh, a lot of bulbs in the face. And so you might think that it's uh, more of a houndy dog, but it is a, actually a very old sporting breed. And they're, they're a very interesting breed because they can point, they can retrieve, they can set, they can do everything, right? And so that's really fun. And the thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is the, the winner on the green carpet in the sporting group on Tuesday night. Because once you see them move, they have a very unique gait. And that gait, they use it in their hunting, of course, because all dogs, uh, all of these purpose-bred dogs are have an original purpose. And so their features conform to that purpose. And so this gait is unique. So look for it on Tuesday night in the sporting group. We will do that. Gail, we want to thank you so much for coming on and giving us this preview. We wish you luck on screen, and uh, we will literally see you on Monday night. So uh, have, a, have a great week. Thank you so much, Lee, Rick, and Will. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you, Gail. It was our pleasure. And we'll be back right after the break on 1320 WILS. The Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And Rick, we have with us on the line a first-time guest. Uh, Her name is Mrs. Peggy Beisel McElwain. And Dr. Schultz, of course, you would know her because you know everybody. But Peggy's claim to fame is that after a long career in raising dogs and showing dogs, uh, she has become a judge. And her judging career uh, is with many different breeds, many different groups, and has even judged internationally. Welcome to the show, Peggy. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Anyone who David Fry says you need to talk to her, we're <laughs> going to probably put him on the list. <laughs> oh, good old David. <laughs> well, Peggy, first thing I'll ask you, have you ever judged at Westminster before? And if so, uh, what's it like? Yes, I've judged um, many times. This will be my eighth time, and it's exciting. We call it the Super Bowl of dog shows. So when you get that letter inviting you, it's it's pretty exciting. Um, it's like getting to the Super Bowl. And when what you're, an honor. Like I said, what when you're honor. there, when you've judged these shows and you go from, say, a local kennel club show, then you go a little bit larger and you go to a bigger show, when you go in the show, is this the kind of show where the pucker factor for you, the judge, is immense? Because oh, you have yeah. everybody on all the TV cameras watching you. Well, yeah, you kind of forget about that when you're concentrating, but it is. It's very exciting because the dogs that are exhibited to you come from all over, not only the country, but they come from Canada, and you'll see from several from China and, well, Asian countries in general and South America, even some from Britain. And so you're getting the cream of the crop to judge, which is always fun. And, and, and this um, is like a it, final exam for you, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it is, kind of. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it is very exciting. So you've been doing this uh, long enough to be very accomplished. 
What excites you when you get there? Um, was seeing a, a fabulous dog um, that really comes very close to that standard that each breed has, um, that comes as close to perfection as possible. And they just excite you in their wonderful condition. It's like looking at a wonderful piece of art for an art expert or listening to a beautiful piece of music if you're a music expert. Well, when, so it's just, it, it, yeah. it gives you goosebumps. So when you're in the ring, and let's say you're in, let's just do a group first, and you, as the dogs come in one at a time, literally that dog walked in the ring and you know that dog's it. How do you not give that away to everybody in the ring till the end? Well, you don't really know right off the bat that that's it because we've got to do a full exam on them. Mm -hmm. One might catch your eye as it comes in the ring and you think, ooh, that's looking good. Now when my hands go over the dog, does it have the correct bite for its breed? Does it have the right eye shape and color? Does it have the right coat, coat texture? What about the body proportions? That's the first thing you see. Is it supposed to be a, a square breed, or is it supposed to be slightly longer and taller? Is it a long breed, like your Clumber Spaniel or Sky Terrier? Um, so those, all those things go through your mind as they're all coming into the ring. And I'm not comparing the Clumber Spaniel to the Irish Setter. I'm comparing the Clumber Spaniel to the Clumber Spaniel standard and the Irish Setter to the Irish Setter standard and thinking, okay, which one comes closest to that ideal that their standard describes? The standards are kind of like a blueprint for each breed. Each breed was developed in a country to, to do a job. We call it form follows function, like in any anything. And uh, But it also has to do where they had to perform that job? What kind of environment? Was it a hilly terrain? What kind of temperatures did they usually have? So all of those things factor into what made that breed look like it does. And so those are all things that we have to know and judge on. And you as the judge, are you tested as you go from, let's say, a breed ring to a group ring to a best in show ring as a judge? How do they, how do you get qualified to go from one to the next? When we when we apply, it's quite a long process. In fact, it can be pretty expensive too. We we tease that sometimes it's more expensive and harder than becoming a brain surgeon, which of course obviously is not the truth. It's just a joke that we say. Yeah. We get tested by AKC. We have to take a test. We have to be interviewed. We have to show our experience um, in each breed before we apply. It's a it's a pretty long process. Once we get approved for a certain amount of breeds. We're watched by the AKC field staff to make sure that we're doing things properly. Um, And once we get past that, we call it a permit status, then they give us regular approval. And after a few months, if we feel out like we're ready, we could apply for some more breeds. I started judging in 1996. So I think AKC has some of the toughest requirements for becoming a judge, um, which I think is a, is a very positive thing. Um, so we have very few judges we call all breed that can do all breed. I believe out of all of our judges, I think they're like about 4,000, 
There are only 12 that can judge Aubrey. Wow, amazing. So when you go, um, and now I've got to change a little bit, when you go internationally, what country did you like the best for dog shows and what was the worst? Oh, boy. Um, I can't say I've had one that's been bad. They all have certain things. The first time I judged in China, they were just getting started, um, and they they did a good job, and they had some really good quality dogs, um, but they were still learning, so the, the proper procedures and stuff. But I've had such great experience. England, of course, they're the ones who started dog shows, and uh, I've been to Spain. That was great fun. Um, I've been to South America several times. Uh-huh. What, so what about what about I, the I audience? Really what about the audience? Me? How did they vary yeah. in the experience? How did you feel as different, you know, uh, cultures were there watching what you do and watching what the dogs do? You know, was it was it a different atmosphere? It really wasn't um, because uh, it we're such a family. The uh-huh. dog, you know, we all have such a common thing. Now in China, it was. Um, a lot of the shows were done in malls, so you had spectators and and uh, that weren't really involved in dogs, and that was kind of interesting and seeing the children watching and and the people. Um, but all the other places, everybody's pretty much, you know, involved in the dog show aspect. So we didn't. I don't think we had that many spectators. You got. We used to get a lot of spectators coming to the famous Detroit Kennel Club show, which was one of the premier shows when it was benched and, and was held at Cobo Hall. You get a lot of spectators, but most of them kind of were there looking to see what kind of dog they'd like to, to bring into their family, what breed. Um, so there was a lot of interaction with, with breeders and finding out what kind of uh temperament a particular breed had, whether it's shed or do you think it would make be good with kids? So those kind of things, unfortunately, are sadly missed. We don't have the bench shows anymore. Well, Peggy, and I think Detroit was one of the best. Well, Peggy, let me ask you this, though. As you're dealing with all of these crowds, you just talked a little while ago about judging a dog to a standard but you can't tell me that there aren't people in these crowds who are judging a dog by who's cutest. And do you ever get blasted by people booing and giving you cat calls like an umpire at a baseball game? I, I can just imagine that people get disappointed when their dog doesn't win. Well, it actually happened at Westminster one year when the Wirefox Terrier who, by the way, was a beautiful dog, beautiful representation of its breed, went best in show because the crowd in that in Westminster when it used to be held at the Garden gets a pretty good crowd, and they did boo the judge because they wanted the dachshund to win. Um, the dachshund was a favorite; he was putting on a great show, but the ju- it was the judge's opinion. It was I felt bad because the wire was really a good yeah. wire, and well, that was one of my breeds. So. Um, yeah, so it does happen. I, I, you know, people do get disappointed. When I showed, I got disappointed. But another day, another dollar. So that brings up one of my my questions for every show judge that's ever been in my office. When you get done in the ring, one dog wins, and you might have uh, like a winner's bitch or a first or a second, another dog. As you get out of there, let's say there's 20 dogs in the ring. You have You have one person that loves you. 
and you have 20 <laughs> other ones that would really like to flat the tires on your car. Um, <laughs> is this a personal problem that you have, or is this just my thought? Um, we really don't see much of that. You know, when, sure. I, when, I would, when I would lose, I'd go back to my setup, and I might say a few cuss words or something, and, <laughs> or say I'm not going to ever show to that judge again. But most people take it with a with a yeah, okay. grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, I, we get there are a few that get upset, but um, I haven't had anybody. Right. Flash my tires yet. Well, that's <laughs> I good. shouldn't have brought it up. Well, that's good. We're, <laughs> we're speaking this morning with Peggy Beisel McElwain, who is an AKC judge from Ann Arbor. And Peggy, we need to take a quick break. But when we come back from the break, I'd like to continue the conversation and talk about uh, what it is that you expect when you watch a show like this, uh, what breeds you think are ones to look for and what have you. We'll do that right after the break on 13. It's the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about the upcoming Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show that's going to be taking place on Monday and Tuesday of this coming week. And talking about it right now, we're talking with an AKC judge from Ann Arbor. Uh, her name is Peggy Beisel McElwain. And Peggy, before the break, we were talking about uh, the incidences of how people feel when they don't win. But if you can tell us from your perspective for this week's show, what kind of dogs typically do you think show very well or have a tendency to be a favorite just because maybe the the breeders have really got a lock on the standard and are putting out great dogs well it's it's like a golf tournament you kind of know which golf pros to watch because they've been successful and most of these dogs that are being shown at Westminster this year have been shown throughout the year. So you know which ones are the top dogs that have done a lot of winning throughout the country. So um, you'll see, let's see, there's a, a Pekingese that's been very successful, and the breeder, David Fitzpatrick, is just a phenomenal breeder. He just seems to breed one great one after another. He really he really has it. And um, so he, he'd be one to, I think, watch it. Um, one of the Pekingese. Um, let's see, the sporting dogs always do well. Of course, I'm a terrier snob. I love the terrier breeds. They're my favorite. So they always put on a good show, and they're usually in great condition. With the show being in May this year, it's usually been in February. And um, last two years they had it in June because of problems with finding a venue in Manhattan again. A lot of breeds that shed are going to probably not look their best this year because they're shedding out. But uh, so they might have a disadvantage, although we all know coat grows. And that's just as long as we can tell that they have the right type of coat. They, you know, like your German Shepherds, there have been some really top winning German Shepherds. I don't know what they're going to look like because they'd probably be shedding. But um, so some of some of the dogs that have been winning around the country are Trying to think of oh, there's a, a 
Russell's Griffon that's been doing a lot of winning. And, um, in fact, I just saw him last weekend in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, and I think he picked up one best in show there. So, like I said, it's it's like watching a golf game. You know, kind of who who to watch on the pro pro team at the Masters. Is there ever the uh, the breed that you kind of root for? That's kind of the underdog that uh, that you just wish would rise to the occasion and and take the show. Yeah. Yes. I, I, the, amazing thing is the Labrador Retriever, who up until this year has been the number one dog in registries, um, has never won. And so I think a lot of people always are rooting for the for the Labrador. Um, same with the Golden. Uh, they've won the group, the sporting group at Westminster, but I don't think anyone has ever taken best in show. So those are always breeds because of their popularity. Um, Poodles always put on a great show. And um, they're not the underdog. They usually have an advantage just because they look so beautiful and put on a great show. But uh, like I said, you got to go over the dogs. You've got to give them the exam to make sure what you're seeing with your eye meets what you're feeling with your hands. And, and as us in the audience, as we're watching this on TV, all we got to do is see the dog gate. We can see the dog on the bench or on the floor being examined. But most people don't actually know what you're looking for. So when that right. dog is standing there and we're watching, what exactly do you want to feel on that dog? Okay, the first thing I do is I see the profile. And if I'm looking at a wire fox terrier on the table, I see a square, short back, level top line, a tail set that's right, bang up, good straight front legs. And then I'll walk to the front Look at that head and expression. They've got a long rectangular head, a small beady little eye, beautiful little ears, nicely tight up on top of their head, flat skull. I'll check the teeth. They're supposed to have a, a scissors bite. Um, they were bred to go to ground and, and bolt out the fox. If they fox hunt, you know, if the fox ended up going into the hole to keep the fox hunt uh, continuing. So they have a hard textured coat. Now they have a variety of a smooth coat, Fox Terrier, which has very much the same proportions and the same standard except for their coat. So those are things you look for. Good bone, good feet, good tail set. And um, we, we feel that with our hands. Now, now if you're so, going down the body and there's a, a big mole there, does that does that influence the... the a, a mole? A mole. Like, a, like the most common thing you see would be a cyst, maybe, like yeah. a sebaceous yeah, cyst. Yeah, yeah. Does no, that bother you? No, it doesn't. I They're you gross feel to it. touch. Say, oh, he's got a little fatty tumor here. Yeah, no. Right. You know, that those kind of things happen. And, and war wounds happen. I've, had, right. I've judged um, many herding breeds that have had their... Um, teeth kicked out, the front yeah. teeth kicked out, and you open the mouth and you say, "Oh, oh. <laughs> he got he's missing a tooth." Yeah, the cow got him, or the whatever. So it does it does happen. Now, um, now the only part that we can see when this is done is when the dog is gating. So if we are right. in the audience out there looking, uh, my wife and I did this a couple of years ago, and I told her oh, that that dog's it. That there's no question the gate on that dog is the best in the ring. That dog did well, but it didn't win. So I felt uh, destroyed by that. But when that yeah. dog's gating and we're the crowd. What do we want? Yeah. And the hardest part is in the little uh, fully coated breed, all you see is hair floating. Yeah. So right. if we're in the audience looking, what should we be looking for when they're when they're gating back and forth? Right. Well, not every breed should move the same. 
So your fox terrier has a much more stilted gait, and they are what we call a parallel mover. Mm-hmm. So you you know the back leg the back leg will hit the front foot pattern instead of converging. Now your Australian shepherds they converge they float. No dog should bounce. Um, really, they should have a nice nice balance move on the go around and coming and going. They shouldn't be cow hawked. So those are all things we're looking at where we don't want their elbows out, but not every breed moves the same. So like we said, form follows function. Um, it's hard to describe when you see it, um, like your min pin, they actually are supposed to have a hackney movement in the front. So that's going to be quite, you wouldn't want that in a German shepherd or a working breed that has to go out and work the field. So, um, and, and, so you also have to familiarize yourself with the standard on how they're supposed to move. And we also see the speed that they go around. You'll see some that are barely walking, and the the uh, some of the tall breeds, the giant breeds, they are full on uh, as fast as the handler can run. Right, and that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Most people move their dogs way too fast. A good moving dog can move at any speed, and a lot of these breeds, when they move them that fast. They're trotting, but in the field, they'd be cantering. They wouldn't be doing the trot. So I like a nice, slow trot. And if you've got a nice moving dog, move it slow. Give the judge plenty of time to see it putting its feet right where they're supposed to be. Do you ever tell them to slow down? Oh, constantly. Just curious. Uh, Constantly, yeah. (laughs) Do you think it's it's nerves on the handler? Handling the handler. Right, handling the handler. (laughs) Do you think it's nerves on the handler that does that? I I think sometimes it is, uh, the excitement. But also I think sometimes... People try to hide things from oh, judges, absolutely. and moving really fast can hide some stuff. So if you've got a mo- good moving dog, you don't want to hide it. But when when you're taking all of this into into play, from watching it as it walks to being on whether it's the table or standing next to you, is there a certain understanding of how important these various aspects are to weighing in on mm-hmm. making a final decision on this particular animal? They can't all be weighted the same, I assume. It must be somewhat of a, uh interesting dynamic. Yeah, the bottom line is, when you're looking at them, could this jo- dog that's standing in front of me go out and perform its job successfully? That's that's, that's the bottom line um, that you have to keep constantly in your mind. Well, Peggy, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this information. It's been great, and we hope to speak with you again. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, our pleasure. We've been speaking with uh, Peggy Beisel-McElwain and uh, Rick and Dr. Schultz. What a great show. I mean, time flew on, on this show because there's so much to talk about, and we've had guests who knew a lot about it. So made for a great show, but... That's all we can do. So on behalf of our producer, Bruce Warner, Rick Pruce, and Dr. Will Schultz here in the studio, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a great weekend and a great week ahead. We'll talk next weekend.